a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Saturday show. Hope you guys are all doing well on this Saturday morning. Thank you once again for tuning in here on the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Jay Catch, joined as always by Michelle Bodkin. Michelle, what's up? You know, just kind of we're we're getting into the wrap up phase yeah. of college sports season, and we're both happy and a little <laughs> sad about that. <laughs> I, that's a good way to describe it. It's like kind of a like you're glad for a little bit of a break, yeah. but at the same time, you're like, man, it's been a long time coming, and it feels weird in a way. Yeah, so. yeah. So we're we're excited for a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Do, kind of focusing a little bit more on prep work to to kind of get ready to start doing it sure. all over again. Yep. Uh, but but definitely we're we're liking the slower pace and and we're gonna be loving the even slower pace in a couple of weeks when everything's wrapped up. Correct, and that, that's the nice part about it. But uh, we got plenty to cover ahead on today's show. Uh, we're going to talk about Big League Utah, the move that the Miller organization, I guess they're calling the coalition they've created to bring Major League Baseball to this market. We're talking about that. Talk some Utah and BYU spring ball. we got the NBA playoffs, Utah jazz season officially done and dusted, and also the Utah gymnastics program, the Red Rocks. Running for another national title tonight. Uh, so we'll talk about all that ahead ahead on today's show. But, Michelle, what was the highlight of your week? Oh, highlight of my week? It probably was watching the Red Rocks in, in their semifinal. That, sure. that was really exciting. It was a gutsy performance. Mm-hmm. A little drama at the end <laughs> uh, that they not only jumped UCLA, but they also jumped Oklahoma and, yeah. and earned that top spot. So that that was incredible. Well, and the best part was is like I just saw a bunch of people saying, "Hey, UCLA, congratulations! You lose to Utah again." Yeah, four four times in a season. <laughs> and while gymnastics is a, a nicer sport, mm-hmm. uh, you know there there's still a little pettiness there for for your rival. And and UCLA, UCLA to Red Rocks gymnastics is what BYU. At least typically has been to Utah, Utah sports in general. Yeah. No. Um, no, no. But, <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's always a good day when you beat your rival. Absolutely. We'll talk more about that as today's show progresses. Highlight of my week uh, this week would have been uh, my son is officially, we're in football season. Uh, he actually has his first game today. So we'll be headed out to that. But uh, it's kind of funny because he's in a four and five year old division. So like pre K and kindergarten division. And I got to say, We've been to two practices this week, and it's been absolute chaos. Like I don't doubt that. I got mad respect for this coach, Coach Comer, that's coaching my son and, and his team up. I just was like, "Wow, this is this is nuts." But we're gonna see how it goes. So you know what? You you start them young. You see, hopefully, hopefully they like it. Mm-hmm. And if they like it and it sticks, then maybe it turns into something. Or if not, then it's just the fun thing that they used to do yeah and that's the thing about it i was kind of raised that way my parents would let me try essentially everything i wanted to try sports wise mm-hmm. i'm like okay what did you like and i stuck with golf and football and basketball those were the kind of the three that stuck with me but i did baseball i did soccer I, we, you probably did similar circumstance mm-hmm. but that's kind of the way i'm i'm gearing towards that right yeah. now with my kids yeah so soccer and dance is what stuck with me mm-hmm. and swimming sure. i was actually a pretty good swimmer okay um, and then, you know, just kind of dabbled in a lot of other stuff, basketball, baseball, tennis. I mean, I, volleyball, I never mm-hmm. did that terribly seriously. My friends sure. would just invite me to like their award games and stuff. Yeah, just go but, play, yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, the I would say swimming, soccer, and dance were the ones that kind of stuck for me and that I, I really kind of worked at and, and got pretty good at. So. Well, that's the name of the game. You got to find what what works for you. That's yeah. the biggest thing, and it's it's been fun. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the season goes because, like I said, it's been absolute chaos, and I have no idea how today's game is going to go. But <laughs> we're all, well, I'll be sure to report back and let you know how that went. All right. Yes. Uh, so, without further ado, we got a lot to cover ahead on today's show. So, I'm going to waste no more time and dive right in. Let's get to what's the big deal. Do you know who I am? No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. I'm very happy for you. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. All right, Michelle, it is obviously playoff season uh, for both the NBA uh, and the NHL upcoming. Also, uh, Utah women in the gymnastics, they're in the final tonight in the NCAA championships. We got a lot of, I guess, championships to be determined over the next little while. But I wanted to start off by talking about something closer to home, and that Mm -hmm. is Major League Baseball. Now, you and I, we have talked about uh, the chances of a pro franchise coming here. We've heard the rumors of NHL potentially and Ryan Smith heading up a group. He met with uh, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman recently. But i got to say, the Miller organization, led they're calling it Big League Utah as a consortium of a bunch of civic business and just sports leaders in this market. They had a big press conference on the Rocky Mountain Powerland. Just It feels like just a stone's throw away from us here. Huh. Uh, it's on a 100-acre site that Rocky Mountain Power wants to redevelop. Mm-hmm. And essentially, I guess the anchor in a way of it is they want to put a Major League Baseball park in there with the hope that they can get a franchise here uh, to Salt Lake City. Most people th- most people think it's going to be an expansion franchise, uh, uh-huh. not necessarily a relocation. But I, so I, I'll love it to you first. Uh, how excited are you for this? Is this what you kind of thought might happen? Where do you stand on all of it? I I mean, I think it's really exciting. Uh, and to be perfectly honest, like my preference would, of course, be an NFL team, but I sure. I don't yeah. believe that that's terribly realistic. The NFL um, doesn't look like they were going to expand anytime soon. Yeah. No, and if if they did, I just don't know that Salt Lake is where they're going to go to first. Roger Un- unfortunately, not, Roger Goodell's not pounding down the door of Salt Lake City. I, I get what you're saying. Well, you know, <laughs> after the Stallions experiment, yeah, mm-hmm. probably not. Um, <laughs> Which is unfortunate because yeah. it was actually a good product. Just nobody knew about it. I had a great time covering it for the short period I was covering it media-wise. I'll tell you that much. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so then, honestly, like my next choice, even though I don't watch baseball a whole lot, I don't follow baseball a whole lot, it it was MLB for me. Uh, and I think it's just because I tend to actually like the outdoor sports better. Yeah. Uh, if I'm going to hang out for an afternoon, I I want to hang out outside at a football game, or I want to hang out outside at a baseball game. I want to hang outside at a soccer game. Now, some of these I I don't watch religiously. I'm not going to tune in on TV or or anything like that. But it's just to me, I, when the weather's great and it and that doesn't necessarily mean that it can't be cold. It can be cold. I don't mind bundling up. But just like a clear, beautiful blue day and you have your yummy drink and your yummy <laughs> concession stand, whatever, and you just hang out and talk and enjoy, you know, an afternoon or an evening outside and, and catch a little live action sports, I think is fantastic. So that that was kind of the pick for me. If NHL came, I mean, yeah, of course I will try it out and sure. we'll see how it goes. Sure. But like... MLB for me was kind of the one that, knowing realistically the NFL's not coming, that was the one that I kind of preferred. Well, and see, I, I'm with you on that. I if if I can't have NFL, give me Major League Baseball. There is something about being at the ballpark, whether mm-hmm. it's just the bees right over here on 13th South, they're going to be moving fun. to daybreak. Being at the ballpark is a completely different vibe than watching baseball on TV. Oh, 1,000%. Like, anybody who tells you that it's no different, it's I completely disagree with them. <laughs> there is nothing better than being at the ballpark, just taking it in. And the nice part about baseball, even with the sped-up pace with the new pitch clock they've got going in Major League Baseball, it's still just a leisurely enough sport. You can have a conversation with a friend or your spouse or whoever you're there with, yeah. but at the same time, 
watch high level sports, and it, it's just, it's a great great thing. And the other thing about this here locally in the sports market, it fills a massive hole. It kind of in our calendar sports wise. Yeah, we we spend we have the winter and the fall covered <clears throat> with football and basketball, but the summer months, and I know that Major League Baseball overlaps, but still, it would fill in. The April, May, June, July window mm-hmm. that we kind of, as we already talked about, we kind we of have a little, our little, a little, little. Bit of a break. And it would fill that in. I, for one, I think this is awesome. The fact that the Millers made this announcement, uh, to me, says that it, it's a much more viable opportunity than I think many are, are are thinking out there. There's a lot of people out there in naysayers. It's never happening. The Millers are movers and shakers. They don't. Yeah. They wouldn't. They're not going to get everybody out there. Right, we had one of our shows, Hands and Scotty, here on the KSL Sports Zone, out there broadcasting live. They've got civic leaders. They got Governor Spencer Cox out there. They're not having that type of a deal if they don't really believe that they can pull this off. And that, yeah. that to me, that's awesome. Yeah, I I think that's amazing. Uh, my understanding of the situation is, you know, there's still a lot of moving parts and pieces. Correct. And there's absolutely room for it to not work out oh, yeah. and not go anywhere um, because of that. But I think you're right. I think they've done enough homework feeling out that to make kind of that grand of a statement announcement, yeah. you have to have a pretty good feeling that things will probably fall in your favor. Well, and they've had they've said been, they've been working on this for over a year. Steve Stark said that at the press conference, who was the president of Larry H. Miller, uh, the group of companies they obviously run, and he he said that they met with MLB over a year ago, and they've had continued meetings. Uh, later on in today's show, at the top of the eleven o'clock hour, we're going to replay an interview that DJ and PK did yesterday with Jeremy Guthrie, the former MLB pitcher. He's also part of this alliance or consortium or coalition, whatever you want to call it. For Big League Utah, uh, he says that meetings will be happening once again with Major League Baseball as soon as next week. You're going to hear that at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. And they're they're pushing forward on this. Now, you mentioned there's so many moving parts. Here. Mm-hmm. Portland's been working on They call it the Portland Diamond Project. They've been working on that for years. Nashville has openly said, we want MLB back. Montreal wants the Expos back or whatever they decide to rename that team. Oakland needs to figure out what they're doing. Yep. They stay in Oakland. They go into Vegas. Tampa has to figure out their stadium situation. There are a ton of moving parts. But, uh, yeah, the the bigger point I think everybody should take away is that the Millers aren't, like I said, going to have that press conference and throw it out there without thinking, you know what, there's a legit chance we can pull this off. Exactly. Yeah. That With stuff like that, you have to be so careful. And yeah. so unless unless you have an inkling that sure. it's it's going to work out, um, then you just don't say anything. So, yes, there's a lot that has to happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, something could go wrong. Yes, something could not fall in their favor. But the fact that they did feel confident making that announcement gives me an idea. And obviously, you don't you don't lay all your cards out on the table either. <laughs> so who knows? I I don't know what they know uh-huh. that kind of made them. You know, or everything that they they know that made them feel confident and comfortable making that announcement. But you have to figure there's some things that they haven't revealed yet too. Sure. That uh, that is spur spurring on this confidence to make the announcement and to get people excited and thinking about that as part of Salt Lake's sports scene future. Well, and that's the part about it is I just I'm excited to have more sports here locally to go support. Like I, I my my wife is a former softball player, so baseball and softball's in her blood. That's just mm-hmm. what she grew up doing. She went to college for that actually. Right. And she she talked about it. she's like I'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. Like she's never and this is nothing as my wife, but sports to her are just more of a I don't know. They're kind of a passing fancy in a way, I guess. Mm-hmm. For me, it's kind of my life because it's what right. I do on a day-to-day basis, literally <laughs> to put food on the table. But for her, it's just it's something to do and something she did. But she she admitted this week, she's like, I'd actually, if they brought a Major League Baseball team here, that I, the, my perception of her comments on it was the first time she'd actually be like, really like, okay, let's consider getting season tickets. Let's get in on this because I think that – and I don't think she's alone with that. Mm-hmm. There are things that people like, and you give them that opportunity, they're going to latch onto it. I mean, you know, talking with a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of Utah fans, like I, I know from that perspective, there there are a lot of Major League Baseball yeah. fans it, within that fan base, and they like you know a whole bunch of other teams <laughs> across the country because we don't have an MLB team here. 
I, I think I think you would get people on board with that. There there are a lot of baseball fans that would get into having Major League Baseball here. Sure. Yeah, and that's the thing about it is just just get it here. That's the biggest thing. And if Ryan Smith uh, makes an announcement, I don't know, in the relatively near future saying, hey, we're going to bring the NHL here, the more the merrier to me. Uh, I would be all for that. I just – I think it's awesome for this market and any – I hate the people – Salt Lake can't support it. You, you know what? They can, and they have proven that. RSL came here. I don't know how many people were like, you know what Major League Soccer is going to do? It's going to start selling out a stadium here in Salt Lake City. They did it. I, I mean, I was at some of those very, very early games that were up at Rice-Eccles Stadium when barely anyone was. On the concrete was, turf. When barely anyone was there. Brian uh, Dunseth will tell you it, it hampered his career playing on that. But anyways, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I don't <laughs> doubt it. Um you know, uh, here's the thing. I don't know that it'll necessarily be a slam dunk sure. or a grand slam or, you know, whatever sports term you what, what want to use. What analogy do you want to use here? Yeah. Um, you know, right off the bat. But I think if you market it well, if you, you know, put the, the money and the effort into making it good and making it competitive. Yeah. You'll get people on board. It might take a while, but I I think there would be support for it. Well, there's gonna be a honeymoon period. Period. Like just honeymoon period. Period. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah, that works. The best thing about it, there are people just the, the fact that it was here, mm-hmm. that, and I think that might actually cover up some of the early what you would expect would be struggles. Honestly, for the, for that franchise, if it were to come, but timeline on it, nobody really knows. That's the thing. Like we already mentioned, there are so many, so many things that have to work out for Major League Baseball. Rob Manfred, the MLB commissioner, has said that the Oakland and Tampa situation absolutely have to be resolved first. But he is on the record also saying that he wants to expand to thirty-two teams. So it's the, it's out there. Yeah. Like it's on the record. How it plays out, it's anybody's guess, but looking forward to it. All right. So, uh, Michelle, I also wanted to take a minute here and talk about something really cool. And we don't typically talk gymnastics at the top of the show, but the Red Rocks, yet again, are making another run in the national title. What's When's the last time they won it? It's been a minute. I know they've... Uh, 1995. Okay. So it's been 28 years since their last title. So they actually title. won it. Okay. Yeah. But they have been... At this level, so many times since then, it just never haven't broken through in the twenty yeah. years. I don't know. This is, you cover this on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. My outside perception: I've watched a fair amount of them this year. I actually watched the the semifinal, whatever you want to call it, the other night, and it was fun to see them come. They they came through right at the tail end, mm-hmm. and as you said, they leapfrogged Oklahoma, which had some people. It felt like like what just happened. Here? Yeah. But nonetheless, a great opportunity for Utah. I feel like this may be their best opportunity to break through and end that drought. What do you think? It, it might be. I mean, they came really, really close the first year that I covered the team, which was in 2015. It was Greg Marsden's last year as the head coach right, as well. Out. Okay. Um, and it came down to Utah and Florida, and it was a single score. I mean, I think they lost by like a tenth of a point. Oh, geez. What, so it was razor, razor thin. <laughs> And Florida ended up walking away with the title. Utah had to settle for second. Last couple of years, uh, last two or three years, you know, this team's come in third. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it 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 just, it does feel like they're peaking at the right time. Uh, so we'll just kind of see what happens. I I do believe Oklahoma held back a little bit. On, purpose, on, on their last rotation, yeah. um, I, I think they kind of knew that they had it in the bag that there weren't going to be two teams that would leapfrog them. Like they, they were safe; they were in the top two, okay. no matter what they did. Uh, and so, vault is a is an apparatus that can be a little bit hard on the body, hard on the knees. So you know, ease back a little bit, <laughs> uh, and and kind of keep rested up for for the for Saturday I looking back on it I kind of wonder if Utah didn't do a little bit of the same thing because their vault score was by far and away their lowest um and then on top of that I didn't necessarily feel like they went for it as hard on floor I think again it was kind of let's do enough 
do what you need to do to get through, uh-huh. but don't show everything. Uh-huh. Got it. So, okay. so it's going to be really, really interesting, I think, to see how much more oomph is maybe present uh, this go-around. I really think it's going to be between Utah and Oklahoma. I think LSU and Florida are pretty beat up at this point. Uh, and to be perfectly honest, if there was a just God in this world, okay. <laughs> as painful as it can kind of be to uh-huh. say, I I think UCLA should have taken one of their spots. I think they're a better team. But well, they got a better score than either, sure. either of them. Yeah. Uh, and are unfortunately sitting at home because only two advance from each, from each one of, the each one of them. So... Uh, but, uh, so that, that's kind of where I see it going. It's really going to come down, I think, to Utah and Oklahoma. I just don't think that Florida and LSU have enough juice in the tank. Maybe they'll surprise me, but it's, it feels like they've kind of been limping along a little bit, but Utah and Oklahoma, I I think is kind of where this is going to come down to. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because, like I said, we don't we don't talk a lot of gymnastics here, but this is a chance at a national title. Mm-hmm. And you're right; it feels like LSU, Florida, they're kind of the they're playing for third place essentially. Mm-hmm. Where it's it's like, okay, Sooners, Utes, who's ultimately going to come out on top? It just it feels like it's high time for Utah to finally break back through and get back on top of the sport because is it 47 straight years they've been to mm-hmm. nationals, like. And to have 28 of those and not ha- like have a 28-year drought of – you've done this for so long, nearly five decades. Yeah. But to have a 28-year gap of not having one at all, it's just – it's stunning, honestly, because we all know the reputation of the Red Rocks. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, their reputation is nonwithstanding, really. Uh, you know, you have this team that's never finished a year lower than 10th place – out of all the gymnastics mm-hmm. teams there are, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Uh, you have a team that's qualified to be at every single national title. Uh, I mean, that's unheard of. That's unheard of across any sport. Uh, and Utah is now the lone team that's that's doing that. Yeah. Uh, it used to be Utah and Georgia. Uh, <laughs> but Georgia's fallen off a little bit the last the last couple of years. And so they missed missed the cut the last two or three years now. Um, so it really just kind of is Utah alone at the top of of this kind of hierarchy. But yeah, that it has been a while since they've actually won the whole thing, which is very, very interesting. But it also, I think, proves just how tough it can be. It gets underway this afternoon, correct? What time are we looking at? 2 p.m. 2 Mountain PM. Time. Okay, on ABC, correct? On ABC, yeah. Big ABC, all right. Readily accessible. And I think, you know, it's. It, I think it's also worth mentioning right here, too. Yeah. There was a big announcement that ESPN Events oh, yes. Good is point. going yes. to be holding next year uh, to kick the 2024 season off mm-hmm. a big quad meet. Uh, the inaugural site is going to be in Salt Lake City, Utah, partially because of the history that the Red Rocks bring, the dominance in the sport, what Greg Marsden's done for the sport as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like, it all runs through Utah Gymnastics. And that's going to be at the Maverick Center, right? It's going to be at the Maverick Center. It's going to feature Oklahoma, LSU, and Florida. Was Florida the other? I think it – now I'm not – I knew the two you mentioned. Oh, no, it's UCLA. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. It's UCLA. So the Bruins are coming in. Yeah, okay. the Bruins will be coming in. So, I mean, those are some top dogs. Uh, once again, the, every, every single one of these teams got a shot at nationals this year. Uh, so they're all going to be present to open up the gymnastics season next year, and that's going to be broadcast on ABC. That's pretty awesome. It'll so, be fun to track that, obviously. and. Uh, the, here's the thing. You you mentioned on your Twitter earlier this week, like, women's sports is having its moment. Mm-hmm. And the nice part is, is the broadcasters out there are latching on to it. So that's the fun part. All right. So, yeah, 2 o'clock on ABC. And I guess here's here's rooting for Utah. Pull through for us here. Like, yeah. Let's, like, let's, let's bring another ship home. It's kind of stunning to me that it's been 28 years. <laughs> Jeez. I know. It, well, like I said, that 2015 year was heartbreaking, very, very, close, very, very yeah. heartbreaking for him. I mean, to you just needed a tenth of a point more, and you would have come home with it and sent Greg out yeah. 
Send him out a winner. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, coming up next, uh, we're going to flip over to football here. Obviously, Utah, a week away from their spring game. BYU has wrapped up spring ball as of yesterday. Uh, so there's plenty to cover on that front. We'll talk more about that later on in the show. As mentioned, uh, we're going to replay an interview with Jeremy Guthrie. He was on with DJ and PK talking about the aims, the goals, what um, Big League Utah, the consortium that is trying to bring Major League Baseball to Utah is all about, why he is involved, etc. We'll get to all that uh, coming up right here. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. On the Saturday Show. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the KSL Sports Zone. Jay Catch, Michelle Bodkin breaking things down. And Michelle, uh, it is always relevant to talk college football in this market with the Utes and the Cougars, the Aggies also to a level. But uh, spring ball coming down to the wire for Utah. They've got one week left. They'll have the spring game. It's actually starting, isn't it? It's this time next week. Or Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 22 Forever game sure. on April 22nd. Hey, you be awesome. So uh, that'll be really fun to have that. BYU wrapped up spring ball officially yesterday, even though they had taken a week off. Uh, so they did three practices this past week to wrap things up. And uh, based on the media observations I've had to go out to BYU this week, it's a lot of letting the younger guys show out, like the the their top guys. Outside of the quarterbacks, Keaton Slovis has been out there, but outside of the, the really – high-level player, like none of them have really been out there. So it's been letting the Young Bucks, I guess, get get a run and see what they can do. But I, I want to start off by talking a little bit about what's going on with BYU because they've wrapped up. We'll get, flip, flip over to Utah here just momentarily. BYU now, it's all eyes ahead. July 1, uh, you enter the Big 12 Conference. They have media days two weeks after that on July 12th and 13th, if I remember the dates correctly, down there in Arlington. And then it's off to the races. They've got a lot of work still to do. Kalani has talked about it. He mentioned on Wednesday, yes, it was Wednesday when we were out there, he's, he's still using the buzzword urgency. He said there's an urgency around this program. Players, coaches, administrators, everybody involved with the football program in particular, they know what's at stake here. And mm-hmm. they want to make a good first impression. So I'm going to lob this question at you. What are the chances they can make that first good impression in your mind? I mean, I don't think anybody gave Utah flying rats fart in space uh, <laughs> yeah. of making the kind of impact that they did in year one. And granted, it kind of caught up to them in year two and three. Sure. Uh, yeah. But but I, th- I, I think they kind of let them know that they were for serious. Uh, I, I think the Big 12 is in a little better shape from top to bottom mm-hmm. than the Pac-12 was uh, when Utah joined them. So it, it might be a tougher road, but I I wouldn't say nothing's impossible. I I fully expect this BYU. I don't know how many games they'll ultimately win, but I I think they'll probably either win some games that they probably have no business winning or at least play it close sure. to where, you know, it, it maybe sends a little bit of a message. Um, and then, of course, you're you're going to have those kind of flops, uh, the the want-want moments yeah. where it's just like, oh, sad. <laughs> well, and that, but that's the thing about it is that you're, you're, you're going to have moments where it's going to be like, what just happened? Yeah. Like, and they're going to be like, WTF, like... <laughs> BYU is going to be in a very big trial and error Mm -hmm. situation over the next three to four years, I would probably venture to guess, um, just because that's kind of what it was for Utah 
Um, so, it, and I mean, yes, lucky, lucky for them. They have people that were there for Utah with Utah through that process. Uh, but different league, different teams, sure. the game, I mean, the game's changed so much in the last decade. You know, some of that information's maybe not going to be relevant anymore. Um, and then, of course, you know, I mean, BYU's their own team, too, with their own unique challenges and, and things they have to overcome and think about. And so, I mean, there there's a lot that goes into it. It's nice that there's at least that base knowledge there to work mm-hmm. from. Uh, and it's it's going to have to be adjusted accordingly. Uh, but it it's going to be a lot of, in my mind, in my estimation, a lot of information gathering the next couple of years a lot of a lot of trial and error kind of throwing stuff at the wall seeing what sticks and of course making a very concerted effort to build the depth well yeah and there indicate i'm glad you mentioned depth last because i was going to bring this up the transfer portal window opens today it's open Mm -hmm. like athletes across the country can enter the transfer portal it's open for the next two weeks it's open till august uh, not august april 30th I'm thinking ahead to, to fall camp. But uh, it is open now, and players can enter their name. And Kyle Whittingham, the very first day of uh, spring ball, you and I were up there, mm-hmm. and he said, the stark reality is I expect four to six guys to leave, and I expect to replace them with four to six guys coming into the program via the transfer portal. Now, those numbers are obviously nebulous, but mm-hmm. Kyle said that literally the first day of spring ball, weeks ago, Kalani Satake has also said that, hey, we're going to look at all things. He said they're having exit interviews, and they said that we're having hard conversations, yeah. telling guys exactly where they stand. This is what you're looking at in relation to a BYU football player. You're third string, you're a special team, you're a, whatever your situation, you're a star. Like, they're laying it all out there because the depth piece is huge for BYU, and the Cougars actually have the advantage now that Utah did not have when they went into the mm-hmm. Pac-12 of being able to immediately grab guys from that portal and put them on the field this fall. In theory, they should be able to upgrade the depth quicker than Utah and or TCU ever were able to in their early runs as Power 5 programs. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see if they can do that because you still have to go out there and win those recruiting battles, but... I guess on the Utah front, are you are you hearing that same thing? Because what I've heard from BYU, what my conversations with folks at BYU, is they think they could take between 10 and 15 guys during this spring portal period. That doesn't surprise me with BYU, um, just because I think there's more work to be done to oh, yeah. get them where they want to be. I sure. I don't know that I expect quite that much movement with Utah. I wouldn't either. I was just I, yeah, but but the, there will there will be movement. No the, doubt, it's the reality. It's, it's the reality. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the nature of the beast. You have guys on the roster that know that they're not going to, you know, maybe get the playing time that they they feel like they deserve. Sure. Um, and on top of that, you also have to think about and consider filling in weak spots, and and one of them that Whittingham has talked about on the Utah side. Fairly recently is, you know, getting a couple more pass catchers, some wide receivers, maybe a passing tight end to come in just to sure up that group a little bit and make sure that they have some options to work with. Um, So I fully expect to see movement on that front Mm -hmm. for Utah. Um, Maybe if there's an interesting enough quarterback out there, maybe they'll bring in, you know, a transfer guy just to shore up that a little bit. Sure. I don't think that's necessary. Uh, but if it's like a game-changing type it, player. If, yeah, yeah. If, if if it's a good enough opportunity for both sides, I could see them entertaining that. May, maybe Utah looks at, like, another safety. Well, they had Isabel leave, yeah. obviously. And then there was one other one that left. Was Kane Savage? Is that the other Kane one? Kane Savage left. He was more of a cornerback. Yeah, but, he, but the secondary's been thinned out a little bit. A yeah. little bit, yeah. um, which the cornerback room maybe kind of needed to be thinned out a bit. Sure. Um, I, I, I don't think they're in horrible shape at safety, but I think if they, again, you find, you know, another dude, another guy. Um, you bring them in. Well, and see, that's the thing. So my conversations about on the BYU side of that mm-hmm. is I was originally told expect six to eight. And the biggest one, you mentioned that Utah needs wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Same thing with BYU. BYU's got a great top three at wide receiver. Yep. They've got Cody Epps, they got uh, Chase Roberts, and they got Keanu Hill. That's a nice trio of guys. After that, Michelle, who oh dare? boy. 
it Ooh, goes there. like it's like uh, we, th- th- their number four option right now. And this is this is no slight of this young this player because he's been fantastic. Dom Henry, who is a walk on, he is their number four wide receiver right now. I, I have no qualm in saying that he's been fantastic all spring long. But he was brought to BYU as a walk on player. They have already said on the record, uh, Fessy Satake, Aaron Roderick, they're going to target at least two, maybe three wide receivers in the portal. My conversations with folks down there is at every, every level of their defense, they're looking for options. Defensive tackle, defensive end, linebacker safety, cornerback, similar to Utah. They're actually, it seems like they're okay there. Mm-hmm. But if they can find what they consider to be difference makers. Mm-hmm. And that, I would define the difference maker for them as a person for BYU who can be in the two deep. It can be part of either their starting or their backup. Mm-hmm. That's what BYU is targeting in this. And they've already they did a lot of work in the portal mm-hmm. in the winter period, and they brought in obviously Keaton Slovis came in, Aiden Robbins came in, Isaiah Banyan. I can get on the list, but expect more movement here. Mm-hmm. And it's the the goal. And I think Kalani Satake, who went through this process with Utah, realizes he has an advantage that Utah never had. Oh yeah, he can go out and grab Power Five level players, get them to BYU, and the best part is they don't have to sit out. Yeah, they're good to go this fall and. Knowing that Aaron Roderick went through that transition, Jay Hill went through the transition with Utah. Yep. These are all off Kyle Whittingham's tree. They know exactly what it took for Utah to get to the level they're at today, and they're going to try and jumpstart that year one. Absolutely. And that is, I mean, a fantastic point. If Utah had had a transfer portal to work with, who knows? Would we have seen the five and seven seasons? I. I don't know. I. I think they maybe would have at least broke even. Sure. Well, it's re- it's it's. Revisionist history, but I'm I, I I would say they'd be a bowl team because you could bring in enough like you can sell that you you're playing power five football mm-hmm. to guys that are like, oh that's actually very attractive to me and that would have completely changed I'm sure many opportunities for Utah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the, the key will be getting enough of those guys correct yes and and, and the the first year might be a little eh. Because um, there's just only so much you can do. Yeah. Uh, but if you put a good face forward, mm-hmm. I I think there's an opportunity to really have some of the bricks fall into place a lot quicker than it maybe did for like Utah, as you mentioned, TCU as well also went through that process. Well, and it, it's a gamble. We all know this. Like there, I've had enough people tell me, Jake, if a player's in the portal, there's a reason they're in there, and I'm that's the truth. Like to a certain degree, yes. There are times the coaches tell a guy that this isn't your future. Like, you need to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. There's other times guys just get fed up and want to leave. There's other times guys have issues off the field that force them to leave. There's so many different things. BYU, Utah, any football program is going to do their due diligence on these young men. They're yeah. going to make sure that, hey, they fit what we're looking for here. But I, just, I guess my message, I meant to talk more specifically about the programs, but my message on, I, I would, if you're listening to this and wondering, is expect change. It's mm-hmm. just it's part of what fo- college football is today. There's free agency out there. It's, <laughs> you don't have contracts per se, but you just go out and you're you're selling what you can sell to get these young men to come play for you. Absolutely. And with BYU, I would say expect a lot of movement and a lot of changes constantly um, for the first couple of years. And if you find yourself having kind of that breakthrough season. That's when things are going to start slowing down, and it's going to be much more strategic. It's going to be a lot more, we can trade this guy out for this guy. Correct. And that that will just kind of bolster things up uh, rather than, well, crap, we had a bunch of guys leave. We need to replace them <laughs> yeah. with a bunch of guys. Hopefully these guys are better than the ones that left. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think there's... The first year or two, maybe a little bit more. It's going to be a little more, feel a little more scrambly, yeah. perhaps. Um, but like I said, if you get that first taste of success, it's going to slow down. Mm-hmm. And like it's going to be much more, you're going to be playing chess way more <laughs> sure. rather than, oh, crap. <laughs> Whoa, we we got to we got to fix this. <laughs> we we got to find the, be- yeah. the absolute best we can. Um so that that's kind of what I expect to see um, over the next year or two. But like I said, um, I I do think the advantage is they kind of know what what they're up against. That sure. that's the one thing that Cincinnati, UCF, 
Houston. Houston, yeah. you know, I mean, they they can't say that. They they don't have that kind of experience on their staff. Yeah, like I I, I had a conversation with a person who's a Houston. Uh, they're a media member, I guess, in a loose term, but they were talking about well, Dana Holgerson's been a Power Five head coach. Great. He's never made the leap. Yeah, though. he's never had to build a team into a Power Five team. And that was my point talking with him. Like, okay, he's ha- he has Power Five experience. There's no doubt about that. He coached at West Virginia. The issue at hand is, yes, BYU's never been a Power 5 program, but their three lead coordinators, their head coach and their two lead coordinators, as well as their special teams coordinator, they all have Power 5 experience, and the top three went through the Utah building process. Mm -hmm. They saw Kyle Whittingham engineer what he's done. They they saw the madness to get there. (laughs) They were part part of the blueprints. They were part of putting that plan together. And guess what they're trying to do? They're they're trying to, to, to take that timeline, take that blueprint, and speed it up. Mm-hmm. They want to do it this year, if at all possible. I'm with you. It's probably going to take them. Year- if, if if they can get it going by year three, massive success. Sure. Yeah. I, I I've I've said it once. I'll say it again. I, my bench line for success for BYU year one in the Big Twelve six and six. You get to a bowl game. Props to you guys. Well done. I I think that's yeah. I think that's that's a very fair kind of realistic goal. Um. Or even like oh, I'll give them a little more wiggle room because it's just it's hard. It is. Um, yeah. it, it's a bit of an adventure. If most of the games that they play in are close and they give people a fight for their life, sure. but they come up just short of also a successful season. Well, and that's the thing about it is every game, every season looks different as you as you look kind of like the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah, a five and seven season for BYU, where as you mentioned that they're fighting to the death in every single game, will look completely different than potentially, let's say, a, I don't know, a seven and five. I don't know. You you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's just if you're if you're in it every single game, it's similar to the Utah Jazz this year. Like they kept trying to pull the plug. Danny Ainge kept trying to pull the plug on the Utah Jazz multiple yeah. times. And what? And, yeah, and what did Will Hardy do and his and his team? Yeah, we're just gonna go out and win some more. It, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting. But uh, we'll talk some more football as today show progresses. But coming up next, uh, we're gonna switch gears as we typically do. It's time for technical fouls, rewarding people for behaving badly in sports. We got some good ones. Those are all coming up right here on the Saturday Show. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit from the back. Cause that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. That's a technical foul. Personal file, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. As you just heard, it is time now for technical fouls, and uh, we we talk about different things. Obviously, the kind of the downer side of sports, because not everything's sunshine and roses in the sports world, but there are things that happen. But uh, Michelle, I'm going to start off with one that's a little, I guess, more lighthearted. Lighter. <laughs> uh, but it's here's the thing: NFL Sunday ticket is like a way of life for a number of people. There are millions of NFL fans. They have tuned in for years and had Direct TV for that very reason. With me for a long Were time, you that, you, I was that person until you couldn't get Pac-12 on Direct TV, and then it was like, well, Pac-12 is more important because sure. I need to do a job. Need, so yeah, bye. Need, to, need to switch gears. By Direct TV, but YouTube TV has stepped in. They got the rights for NFL Sunday Ticket, taking it away from Direct TV for the first time like ever. I think Direct TV had it from its inception, honestly, if I'm not I, mistaken. I think you're right on that. Uh, but we are. All, I'm a YouTube TV subscriber. So I was waiting to see, okay, what's NFL Sunday ticket going to cost? Like, I was intrigued by it. Let's see what it looks like. There was some talk that they may ultimately offer, like, a, a one-team-only package. Where if I wanted to watch my Niners play, I could do that. They haven't offered that. The prices came out. Oh, no. Did you see this, by the way? I, I did not. Okay, so YouTube TV subscribers. So if you're subscribed like I am to YouTube TV, and there are a number of you out there, I think, who do it, uh, if you subscribe, if you uh, purchase by June 6th, it costs you a cool $249 as a subscriber. After June 6th, it's $349. So you get a $100 discount if you do it before uh, the start of summer. Now, for those of you who are, uh, I guess, the quote-unquote uninitiated who want to get it as a non-YouTube TV, TV subscriber, $289 before June 6th. And then you're beefed up to $389 uh, for the NFL Sunday ticket. 
That's a pretty hefty penny, all things considered. Oof. I I think that's worse than what it was like to try and get it with Direct TV. Yeah. Well, let's see here. I'm pulling one. Of the, oh, excuse me. I screwed up on that. I. Uh, it gets even better, Michelle. That's I know. so that the so the numbers I just mentioned are as a YouTube TV subscriber. The 389 and the 289 are if you bundle the NFL Red Zone with it. Which I don't know why you'd want NFL Red Zone with it because you're watching the games. But yeah. regard. Okay. Now for the actual numbers for the non-subscribers. 349 if you subscribe before June 6th, just for NFL uh, for the Sunday ticket. 449 after June 6th. If you want NFL Red Zone, as many of you know, it's where they kind of whip around to different games. 389 before June 6th, and then 489 all told. Almost $500. So, yeah. Nope. <laughs> Jeez. Crazy, crazy number. We'll see. I, I will just put up with Broncos games. I, well, here's the thing. I <laughs> I enjoy Red Zone well enough, and I've had YouTube TV for a while. The Red Zone cost me like ten bucks a month during the season to have that. It's good enough for me. It it's a little trippy at first. I sure, you have to get used to you the have format. to get used to it. Yeah, and sometimes it makes me a little bit mad because I'm like, no, something was about to happen. Why did you switch it? Yeah, they're but, showing the scoring plays what they're going for, but. I, I, yeah, um, for co- cost, yeah, no. Start saving your lunch money if you're going to, if you're going to tune in. All right. All right, Michelle, we got one other one you wanted to bring up, and I think it's one we need to address, obviously. Yeah. So earlier this week, it came out that uh, former Utah running back Tavion Thomas was arrested, uh, on, jailed, <laughs> jailed on uh, domestic violence. Charges. charges. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's looking at some felonies. Uh, reading through that report was incredibly sombering. Reading through the Trib, the really in-depth Trib mm-hmm. article was heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, uh, the, tech, the technical file is not actually on Tavion uh, because I have a level of sympathy for Tavion. Uh not excusing at all what he did uh, and there's consequences to what he did but there's just some greater problems at the surface of that but my issue my technical foul is the way that people talked about it um okay that it's not rivalry fodder no for starts um it and that goes for either way uh if it's a byu player uh utah player whatever like it, it just don't make it a rivalry thing. Um, it's disrespectful. It's stupid. Uh, it's very low line level thinking. To be perfectly honest, well, it's 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 a it's a lowest common denominator type situation. Like it's easy to dunk on your rival. Yeah. This situation though, I'd be, it, I'd be careful wading into it, and I'll admit. So some people got really mad at my my tweet. I, I I don't know if you saw this. I used the hashtag Go Utes and You Boys on it. Yeah. It was not my intention to throw shade. I used hashtags because they're searchable on Twitter. And do I regret doing that in, in the aftermath? To a level, yes. But it was not my intention to be like, here, let me pour gasoline on the fire. That yeah. Was, so anyways, continue. Uh, and to be perfectly honest... As much as I work next to you, I absolutely believe, and I honestly didn't even think twice Trust, about it. My my mentions lit up. Oh boy! We but we I was like, I had BYU fans trying to dunk on Utah based off of my tweet about it, but there were also Utah fans who thought I was trying yeah. to throw some shade that mm-hmm. way, and I was just doing it just to link it to the bigger right network. Yeah, so <laughs> I think it is important to note: Go Utes is the official official hashtag hashtag yeah. for Utah. Um, so football, so yeah. if you want information regarding good or bad, <laughs> sorry, sorry, it it really truly is go Utes. It, you search for it, it'll pop up with everything, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, in those instances, do I try to remember to just like do hashtag Utes instead? It's a little less searchable, yes, but like really truly the average person, if you go and ask Twitter or ask Google, yeah. What is the University of Utah's official hashtag? It's Go Utes. Yeah. So, but but that's kind of that's that's my whole point though is you know 
okay, you get into this big old pissing match either either way over it, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the parts of, about this situation that should be talked about and need to be talked about are not being talked about. Um, and it's it's a very... It's just it's a very, very common thing that happens. It can happen to anyone. Correct. If you pull any woman, she can tell you some kind of experience, whether it's personally with her or with, you know, a friend dealing with a friend situation. And then, you know, the Tavion Thomas side of it, mental health is a bugger. And if you're in a place where it's not good and you don't have people you know, around that can kind of keep you accountable and, and learn those habits, you're just in for a world of hurt. And sure. and so, you know, I think both of those things really got lost because people were too mad, too mad and pointing fingers at the dumb part of it. Well, and yes, we, we, okay, we need to break here, but I guess I'll add one thing to this is you're right. The, the way that it was being used as rivalry fodder, don't do that. Because it's just, it doesn't do anybody any good to use this to dunk on a program or whatever. Yeah. Because this is a very sad situation. Mm-hmm. Like, All the way around. All the way around. And his girlfriend is very smart and insightful. Sure. Um, that he he needs his therapy and his medication and simply throw while he shouldn't be allowed to just wander about as he pleases because I do think he's a danger to her to someone else or to himself uh you know locking him up away from the things that he needs to get Mm -hmm. better and get back on his feet is also not productive yeah it'll be interesting I do wonder how much this is going to affect his NFL draft stock I did see one, uh, they call it the top 300 big board. Still has him on the list this week. There were at least one prominent uh, side I saw. Mm. Fascinating. Because I know before this incident, a lot of people took him off the board. And that's the thing. You and I had heard similar situations. So TBD on how this all plays out. But yeah, you're right. It's a heartbreaking situation all the way around. But this is this is not the stuff to have rivalry Twitter Mm-mm. going to war over. No, because it's just it. It's a bad situation for Tavion. It's a bad situation for the girlfriend. It's a bad situation for all parties involved. Mm-hmm. So maybe let, next time let's just acknowledge that you know what sometimes things just need to be off limits. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, We'll let you hear at least part of uh, Jeremy Guthrie's conversation with DJ and PK. Uh, He has some great thoughts on the future of Major League Baseball here in the state of Utah. He's got an interesting perspective because he lives in Portland. Like, he's from there. So he knows what the Portland project's been trying to do, but he's part of the Big League Utah project. Why is he doing that? You'll hear next right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 